Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Sneaker History Podcast. What's up, Richie Riches? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I open that way because we're going to start the show with what shoe you would pay $2 million for. What game-worn sneaker would you pay for? So Mike, row it, my gentleman. Let's start with Rowett. You, you have a, something on your mind, I can tell. What shoe are you paying $2 million for? I will be paying $2 million Shroot Bucks, Stanley Nichols, whatever you want to call it, whatever <laughs> currency. Give me the Kobe 11 fade to black that he wore in his very last game. Ooh. I mean, can't really even... That like- was mine, too, so... <laughs> Sorry. I'm so sorry. Do you want to go? I have half? a plan like, B. I'll pay a million. You pay a million, and then we can timeshare it. <laughs> okay. If that case, because Robbie is senior Kobe expert on the podcast, let me think of something else. You know what? I'll go for the what was Ray Allen wearing when he hit that shot against Mike's beloved San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Give me a pair of those. Give me that exact pair. George because 28? I would make the argument that that might be the most important shot in modern NBA history because it gave LeBron his second title and it was no longer a question of, is this guy a one championship wonder? No, the King's reign was finally solidified. It was finally bol- bolstered with credentials. And we now knew that that ushering in of a new era was formalized. It was the Air Jordan 28. Good pick. Mine's already been said, so I'm yeah. Well, we're good with that, <laughs> Mike. What are you feeling, man? I got one, and I have to because it it disrespects the Spurs so much more. Uh, it is going to be T Max thirteen points in thirty seconds in the T Max four. I'll, I'll take that as he played for my beloved Rockets at the time when this happened. Crank that with the T Max four, uh, <laughs> the little heel mechanism, the little thing at the end. But no, the 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 Kobe Eleven wrote it, picked the ultimate one because I mean, what's a yeah. what's a more fun memory than walking off with sixty? So, what shoe are you going to pay crazy money for? We bring this all up because the Air Jordan Thirteen bread or playoff, uh, well, the the breads, not the playoffs, um, sold for two point two million uh, at auction. So that kind of got our brains thinking before we get into rocking and copping. So does either one of you want to start us off with rocking or what they're copping? Both grab shoes. I'll go ahead and start us up. My rocking was also what I copped, which was the LeBron NXT Ooh. takedown model. Uh, 
80 bucks with an employee discount is still a tad too high for me, but love the shoe. Was able to finally play basketball after an 18 month imposed uh, sabbatical. And they broke in relatively quickly. And I'm looking forward to continuing wearing them on this basketball journey as I become a homeless man's Boris Diaw. I feel you on that, Relic, because that's still too much money for uh, even on down. sale. That's that's tough. Yeah, it's a tough shoe, though. It's a it great, looks great shoe. It looks good. But, yeah. All right. Well, so the Rock and Cop in one. Go ahead, yep. Mike. All right. So I, I've joined Robbie in the On Club. Uh, I got the what is it On Cloud Flash? Their Essence exclusive. Uh, I understand why Robbie likes these shoes now. I mean, these are more on the performance, like super performance side of the uh, spectrum, but super still comfortable to walk around. And they really made these to be, I guess, street ready with the colors and all that good stuff. Look like a kiwi color. Um, yeah, I understand, Robbie. I get it. I understand. I, I'm not going to ever uh, question your judgment again about the on because they're spectacular shoes. So appreciate uh, on for actually sending that pair out. So thank you guys. Uh, Coppin, I'm going to have to go with a weird one. But it's one I've been eyeing, but they just haven't released here in the States yet. But now Clot and Nike are going to be releasing their uh, Cortez collaboration. I really like that shoe. This one's going to be in a Forrest Gump color. Uh, They're already like retailing below right now because no one wants them here. So I will be eyeing for that one whenever it does come out. With like the the wrap around them, right? Well, it's like the – so they built it like I guess like the old traditional like Kung Fu style – sneakers where you can actually you can pull it out have like the real flat style sneaker but it also has like the shoe covering that goes across almost like a shroud if you know for lack of a better word so it's actually it's pretty cool um friend of the show uh, shanghai soul jay uh, i think he has the white and black pair and those things are so slick there's such a cool shoe and it's just something no one you would really see them wearing and, and you know me i'm kind of just off the beaten path sometimes Mike has the eye of the dragon. Uh, <laughs> very, very cool shoe. Um, Shroot bucks are being used and shoe shrouds are being put on. Um, personally, I have not stopped wearing the crazy one. And I'm not just saying that, but like I keep wearing this damn shoe because it's not to get too technical with my own feet. But a lot of shoes nowadays, I need a 12 and a half. And these are like the holy grail fit of 12 and a half. This fits like a 12 with that 0.5 extra. My foot isn't too much more boxy in them, but no, I, I, I wear these almost. Nice. Well, I wear them literally multiple times a week. Um, and when it comes to copping, uh, Oh, also people quit tagging me on all the on memes. They're, they're funny though, but <laughs> anywho, I'll tag you now that you've asked me to tag you. Um, and for my Coppin, they may be mortal enemies to my Lakers, but D-Book, man, the Suns, I'll let that part of him go. I've been a D-Book fan for a couple years now, man. He's this a really such a down-to-earth person. It almost sounds like I like, feel like there's something wrong with him. Like he wants like so little attention while still keeping it so real. Like I just I like that about him. But uh he has a Chuck 70 collab coming out. Um actually just released when that's by the time this episode comes out. Um but it has a really cool classic car heel plate, um kind of like you know, a license plate of a car where the Chevron normally is on the back of the Chucks. They replaced that with the classic cars tag. They got rid of the the toe box on the Chuck 70, which makes it kind of feel like 
in, a, in my eyes, kind of like a deconstructed Nike blazer, if mm. you look at it that way, okay. without the toe box on it. Um, stitched on chevron and the inner ankle, all sale construction. It's super clean, man. Um, if you've never owned a pair of Chuck 70s, I highly recommend getting a pair. And maybe these Devin Booker ones are going to be the pair for you. Um, either one of you interested in any random questions throw out there but i mean there's a lot of just like player issues out there i feel like other than Rowett and lebron none of us are really buying a lot of like player shoes or player collabs i'm all in on the book converse Rowett, other than those lebrons you bought any other player shoe you're looking at or oh, yeah. kind of interested I mean, in this is kind of getting any sport too. any sport any sure. player. No, well, I, mean, I mean i think it's one of those things where we're gonna probably talk on this specific topic a little bit later on but i'm waiting for the jaw ones to come out in any way shape or form and i granted there are probably non-basketball circumstances that are halting that release and then i may sound like a broken record but the sabrina unesco one i still think that might be one of the best mm-hmm. design shoes i've seen and i'm really interested to see how that tracks because aesthetically it's already done the impossible, which is it looks good in the pre-photos because I think so much of our recent episodes has been about the fact that we'll see a leak of a particular shoe and the picture doesn't make it vibrant or doesn't make it pop. And then mm-hmm. as they clean those photo ups, it gets better and better. So when you have it in your hand, you kind of are salivating for it. Knock on wood, the Sabrina one has already kind of hit that apex for me that I'm ready to cop the shoe. Just give me yeah. a when and where and why. Yeah. All right, Mike, any brand hit me. Yeah, no, I mean, I gotta, I gotta follow Roy with the Sabrina Inescu, uh, Ooh, one. Okay. That's, that's one I, I forgot about because they, it was one of those, like, they showed a bunch of pictures of it and they really stopped talking about it for a minute. So I'm waiting for that one to come out. It looks like a pretty solid hoop shoe. Um, but another sneaker, we're gonna, we're gonna switch sports and we're gonna go to the former Nike athlete, uh, known as Roger Federer. And they're coming out with the Zoom Vapor and the Racer Blue Jordan collaboration on the 18th. Um, I will be getting that shoe. I don't know how, don't know when, but at some point there will be a rocking and copping of me holding that shoe up. Mike, do you think it is going to be popular enough? Because I don't know if it would maintain the peak popularity of previous versions of this. Like, and I'm really interested to see why they brought the racer blue out so long after what was the most recent colorway that was released the fire red ajf uh vp3 or whatever yeah that's a great i feel like they should have done that one a long time ago when they released a racer blue jordan 3 uh i think they should have done a white cement makes more sense because they just did the reimagine or re-released the black cement in bigger quantities since it's i know it's what 35th anniversary to three i think that's why they're bringing it back out this year um i'm thinking it is going to be a no, I think if if it comes out on sneakers, you know how it does. It'll sell on sneakers, whatever stock that is, but then it's going to start popping up on Nike's website. I don't see this one being as hard to get because a Rogers not attached to it anymore, so those hardcore fans have moved on to on where he is, where his his sneaker is, and Racer Blue is not. I mean, at least I could be wrong. I didn't feel like it was one of the more popular Jordan Three colors, and um, I think that's kind of working against it, but also in my favor of actually getting it. <laughs> It's missable. It's a shade of blue, storm blue, racer blue, whatever, right? They're not advertising it well either. They're really just a whatever uh, colorway. I got a pop up on Nike on that one. They're like, oh, it's coming out. But that's it. You have to go deep into like your Nike app messages. And it's in there with like the Jordan 6 uh, golf shoe that just came out. Things are just kind of there. They want to sell it, but they're like, we're okay with it not going away immediately. Yeah. you know, Rowett, speaking of selling shoes and not coming out immediately, I just did a quick look. Um, 
the jaw one was supposed to be coming out the 19th of april which is a wednesday this coming wednesday and um just doing a quick checkity check on nike and sneakers that is not on the calendar anymore and to me that's interesting only because nike hosted a whole media day extravaganza for the release the announcement release of the jaw shoe so you wouldn't put a date even back then they put a date of april on the release and we all know jaws league issues right now so it's interesting to see it not on the calendar but it's also interesting to see the immediate distance by nike and and i think nike's really really good at that mm-hmm. um take that as a detriment or a positive i kind of mean it in a detriment because you know they won't break ties with people that quickly but they will uh they will uh, yeah they'll, they'll ghost you they'll ghost you for as long as <laughs> as long as you're hot right uh, so right now jaw's hot in the wrong ways i even though it's cooled off a lot i just don't see them putting this shoe out now until summertime what do, what do you guys think there's gonna be a date on it anytime soon I have this theory because, like you said, Robbie, the heat is cooling off in a legal sense for Ja. But the other thing that is heating up is a basketball sense because, yeah. unless my math is wrong, the playoffs start this weekend. And who would Ja and his Memphis Grizzlies play in that first game? Mr. LeBron Lakers. James. <laughs> LeBron James. And if I know Nike, or I think I do, I, I could be completely off and that's well within my purview. What better way to christen the arrival of the Jaw one? Give me a, a sneak, a sneakers a surprise drop in a sense, because ultimately you've got LeBron 20 going against the Jaw one. And all the other marketing we keep hearing about Jaw is he's the first Gen Y athlete that Nike has given a signature shoe to. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the perfect culmination of that, because now we're not necessarily calling it a passing of the torch but we are kind of saying that there is a movement afoot to borrow the bad pun (laughs) and if things are right and things are right in the sense that they deliver the shoe that i want them to deliver first go ahead and make that memphis or that vancouver grizzlies one Mm -hmm. be the drop shoe because i think that's the best way to attract people and the minute jaw has that superstar moment in that first game and we know it's a question of when and not if that's when i think it has to go live but ultimately i think it's also going to be predicated on how deep Memphis and Ja go this playoffs because there could be a very real possibility that the King and the Lakers sweep him, or there could be a possibility that they have that Western Conference Finals run in them. And then what better way to do it? Because then you've got the most set of eyes as well, because that's when the global audience starts following. Yeah. Um, I just noticed on so I was going through the kind of it wouldn't be a sneakers release, it'd be just a normal Nike drop because it's, you know, basically in a team shoe. Um not only have they scrubbed it from you know from the list, but now another athlete has been uh, has overtaken the signature basketball drops that are coming out around this time, and that is going to be Jason Tatum. I feel like they switched gears. Not only because uh, they're both number two seeds in their respective conferences, Jason Tatum has kept his nose clean and, and honestly on a better team. Um, I would assume. We're going to get that kind of surprise drop during the playoffs. That makes the most sense. It's the way to do it to re-engage the audience if they ever have a feeling of, oh, man, I don't know about this guy anymore. Have him, let's say he breaks a 50-piece off in one of these games, win or lose, they're going to have this whatever, hey, where does Vancouver come away for this game? Boom, we're dropping that one as soon as the game's over. Or, you know, we've seen it before. Um, but I think 
it's going to be a gorilla drop. You know, they're going to kind of go gorilla type marketing. It's the only way it's going to work now because let's push athlete who has no issues. Jason Tatum, I mean, they're pushing two or three colorways already on the on the website, which is crazy. We just got their first look at that shoe, and Josh is slowly is fading out over here. So it's, it's going to have to be just kind of one of those, boom, I'm here, and just kind of go at that point. And that's the type to of play John makes during the game. Go ahead, Robbie. Yeah, just play devil's advocate. There's been at least 30 different Nike moments the past couple of years that, oh, they got to release a shoe now, and they don't do crap. True. So it's, uh, <laughs> um, Very true. They're the master of uh, this. Not and that's that's the marketing genius that they've been able to produce over the past forty years is they're so big now where we we discuss amongst ourselves oh they're gonna do a John Morant thing not us particularly but fans the world and then <laughs> ah fuck you guys we're not gonna drop anything and it's um I mean it's interesting because they can't afford this jaw thing to not go to not go let's put it that way just not even just smoothly but that ship has to leave the port um and on top of that. There just isn't that much excitement around Nike basketball. We, you know, we just saw the new Nike GT Jump 2. If you were to squint, not even that hard. It's the GT Jump 1, just with less exposed fly wire. It's harder to see through the shoe is, is my biggest lower. takeaway. looks like a smidge lower. I mean, I'm trying to pick out things that are different. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a stretch but, but between the two. Um, but but isn't that what the jump is? A stretch of athleticism? <laughs> it, is, it is literally a jump to, uh, to to call this like a secondary model, in, in my humble opinion. But there's just not outside of that LeBron stuff, which is frankly mad overpriced. I have access to employee store pricing, too, and I don't buy a pair of LeBron 20s. And I love LeBron. You're not getting that much money out of me out of a shoe I'm not going to play basketball in. Um so it's just another shoe in the closet, really, to me. Uh, do you guys see? Do you guys see any light at the end of the tunnel? Do you care about this GT Jump Two? Do you care about maybe like a GT Cut Two? Would that be better to you? I mean, the GT Cut is the one. So if you notice when that first line came out, the GT Ryan, GT Cut, GT Jump, out the gate, GT Cut was deemed as like the greatest basketball shoe ever. They were rumors. Road, you can confirm, deny, or tell us offline, but I heard that this was a supposed to be a next Kobe, but some things happen. Uh, but that's just around the rumor mill that the GT cut was. Um, GT run, GT jump, fade away in the background. Now they're bringing them back. It's a great play by Nike, I think, because they're creating a line of the unisex basketball, which we were talking about before, and which Nike's been pushing a lot of their shoes anyway. If you look at the boxes, they produce both men and women's sizes on the tags. Uh, but this is great that you can have a, a singular line that can really represent multiple types of player. But the thing is, they have to perform well. The GT Cut apparently performed off the charts, but the jump is, I've heard, just a watered-down LeBron, basically. The run just didn't have a great feeling overall from what I've seen, which sucks if it's supposed to be the run. Um, I like the idea. I like that they're trying to push Nike bas- basketball back into the forefront like it was in those you know early 2000s up to about, what, 2014? Um, we just gotta wait and see. I mean, I, I'm not mad at it because I, I that's what got me in. Like, I was always I love sneakers, but that moment of Nike basketball just being just glorious. That's what really was my peak time of being a sneaker collector. I think not only that, where the GT ball or the GT line, in my fa- uh, opinion, has dropped the ball is the fact that there hasn't been compelling storytelling. Usually, whenever we get these type of pods of shoes. 
you would always see the 60 second spot or the 30 second spot from Nike saying, Hey, this is this player that we're associating with this particular brand. So I guess Inescu was the cut muse. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot who was the jump muse and the run. Frankly, I haven't heard heads or tails about, but it's one of those things where I think if they had didn't done a better job in terms of associating a player specifically with those shoes as opposed to a type of movement or a type of activity in basketball, it's a lot more tangible. And when things are more tangible, people are more likely to buy them, in my opinion. That being said, every single one of those muses that we've associated with the GT line now have their own signature shoes. So if nothing else, it seems like it's a launching off point. But then at the same time, who wants to be the face of that shoe if they can't tell that story properly? Yeah. Well, Nike just has to do what what Adidas is doing right now, which I don't think people ever would ever suspected to say that but if you look at what adidas doing now with their their basketball line they have completely just refreshed uh we have a whole new you know uh line of basketball shoes coming out here in the near future they have a campaign around it but they've already started to release they're, they're coming back out with that basically boost you wear and they already have this great like social media campaign with their like Jalen green a lot of their new players uh wearing the shoe like really like pushing it and yeah. though they're, they're putting young players in them i mean adidas isn't one just to throw around a signature shoe so you're gonna have people wearing those on the court for a while as opposed to like you said wrote a jumping off point because you're right everyone who's wearing a gt cut it was a stepping stone to get their their shoe so they just so, have to put some fresh players keep them in there and ride it out so the shoes mike's talking about is the adidas select Yes. Family. Thank you. Uh, that's the shoe line. And why that is interesting, they have um, Anthony Edwards wearing it. They have uh, Jalen Williams wearing it. They have uh, Jalen Brown, I mean, Jalen Green, pardon me, wearing them. Um, and having these young athletes in that shoe is why nobody cares about the GT stuff. Because sometimes you see Jordan Poole in it, but there's no Jordan Poole like faux pe right yeah i mean there would always be a demarcus uh, demarcus cousins colorway of a shoe or um you know a a devin booker or insert player x andre iguodala right now Mm -hmm. it's just here's a gt cut and 50 different player colorway excuse me 50 different team colorways that you're never going to wear as a team shoe because they're fucking boring and why would you wear a boring GT cut when you can wear a way more fun looking take down LeBron model model? That blue and orange thing is way more interesting Sick, than, dude. <laughs> than any of these stuff, any of these things being released. One other thing, not to belabor a dead horse of a point. Yeah. Nike's always done a great job of having a transition ready. So to Mike's earlier point about basketball sneakers being very exciting for him at the turn of the teen decade, you had Kobe, you had LeBron, you had KD. Ultimately, they represented a cycle of five years span between them. So when Kobe would age out, LeBron would take the Kobe spot, KD would move over, and then you would get a Giannis or a Kyrie. We're not seeing that type of line of succession that we have in previous eras of Nike basketball. And I get that there may be some sort of internal mandate saying, hey, we need to get away from sponsored athletes because ultimately the product should speak for itself. It can't be that way. We make this comparison all the time in Formula One, whether it's the driver or the car. We'd like to think it's the driver, but it's really the car. And in this case, it's almost the inverse because the players needed to sell the shoe. I mean, as great of a Jordan 1 or a Jordan 2 or a Jordan 3 or a Jordan 4, whatever your favorite Jordan is, it doesn't resonate the same unless Michael Jordan was behind it, whether it be mm-hmm. some sort of defining moment or some other sort of extracurricular activity, whether it be within pop culture or something else. 
When is the last sneaker moment that has happened in popular culture, non-Jordan related, that's caused somebody to be like, you know what? I want to get a pair of Kobe's. I want to get a pair of LeBron's. I want to get a pair of KD's, Giannis's, whatever. No, it's all reverse to tunnel fits. Like everything now has turned not into the sport, but what am I wearing to get to the arena? Like there's no, I mean, that's because the next shoe I want to get is on my list. Like mark down next basketball shoe. Haven't even seen a court to my knowledge, but it's the Air Zoom generation, the purple pair. It was a LeBron PE he wore on, you know, court side. He didn't put it on the, he didn't put it on the basketball uh, court, but there's not, we're not getting those moments because I don't want to say it's the ruling now that they can just kind of put on whatever they want, but it kind of is because they're not kind of locked into, hey, I got to make this the best shoe possible. They said, I don't like this one. I'm throwing this. I mean, you got people, um, Nike sponsored athlete, PJ Tucker. He's not getting a signature, but people more intrigued by him than they are Jason Tatum or John Morant. Not because they play better by far, but you got uh, PJ Tucker's going to whip out a pair of Travis Scott ones on court, you know, something like that. So it just kind of diminishes the, I want to see the signature. What is a signature basketball shoe going to do? I feel like just the generation now, they don't care necessarily about the sport as they do about, again, what they're wearing to get to the arena. Yeah. I mean, that's all very correct, but this is the greater issue to kind of take us away from basketball. I know a lot of our listeners do not care about basketball. <laughs> um, is this like shoes in this, the Jordan lines, the easiest example or the Penny Hardaway or Barclays, right? The design was so good. It didn't matter what sport the shoe was for, right? You oh, wanted sure. to wear the shoe. No sane person. And I mean this without <laughs> hyperbole. No sane person is going to look at a GT cut or a GT jump and be like, yeah, that's like my that's like my going out shoe. That's like my all purpose shoe. I'm going to go, <laughs> no, like nobody that's even fair. playing basketball wants to wear that shoe. The design is so bad and alienating that it limits the buyer instantly. There's no curb appeal. The only curb appeal to that shoe is what it's forty dollars at Marshalls. That's when people are interested in it. Even just think about the BB four, right? That's a really tough design to take, mm. but it was still good enough. Not just good enough, like it barely made the cut. It was interesting <laughs> enough, um, daring enough. The leather construction, the shocks were used on running shoes. People could put all these different elements together and think, "Man, I could wear those BB fours to." Gym class, if you're a you know a high schooler, the gym class after school to go get snacks and a basketball practice, and like it fits all my needs. Well, you can bring now that back Nike. to to LeBron nines, LeBron tens, like anything LeBron ten and earlier. Ah, uh, I mean, people wear. Hey, man, that was an era of you look up. People were wearing jeans and LeBron. It definitely for a is no, but now though, you. I mean. And I have a lot of LeBrons. You look corny wearing LeBrons and blue jeans, like any LeBron retro. <laughs> Not any, most LeBron. And I wear LeBron retros with blue jeans. I know it. But that shoe doesn't age like, and, and that's like in towards the, the the tail end of when shoes could still be for the street to walk around in and for the hardwood to play in. But like, God, people look stupid in those LeBron nine outfits, and I would, would rock them too. I would happily. I was in that wave. I have a mirror. I can look at myself and 
I'm gonna call this out. My Canon nines with a pair of khakis tomorrow and see what's up. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll wear cargo shorts with my with my jeans tomorrow. Let's do it. We're having LeBron. No wait, one's gotten a hand job today. <laughs> no one's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since Nam. Shout out to Superbad. But that's the last time basketball shoes look good enough to actually wear on the court. Like the reason why we care about foam posit galaxies, galaxy foams even now is because that shoe looks so damn good. Dalton liked them, right? You know, you don't have to care anything about basketball. Like, and there's so many people who just don't care. And that's okay. Basketball is a very small niche sport. But when you see some dude in Rome wearing a pair of, uh, you know, Bordeaux sevens in 1993, that's because that shoe looks so damn good. Like, those days are long gone, man. And, and so if I'm getting the crux of your ugh. thesis, Nike and basketball sneakers in general kind of lost their way when they decided, hey, let's have a separate track for performance basketball versus leisurely basketball. And it's greed the same way I saw an ad for um, the North Face advertising, you giving the stuff of theirs that you bought already back to them so they can recycle it is the biggest <laughs> hokey load of crap ever. It's like, oh, give us the shirt we paid for that you paid for and our designed obsolescence is going to put that back in our hands and you're going to buy another one. Nike's like, hey, people wear these damn BB4s too much. We got to make shoes that are uglier so they wear the BB4s outside when they're not hooping and they wear another shoe because they're only buying the BB4. Keep it's your third eye woke. Keep your third watch. You gotta keep it open, world. man. It's not just Nike, man. Apple's out there for you too. All these companies are out oh, there to get you. Apple like they want you to buy the more. Something. They want you. They hey, you don't got the shoe in black yet. You have it in white. Buy the shoe in black. It's like no. This has been um, Consumer Report history. <laughs> it is. I mean, this really does get me riled up because just like you just see just how much it's changed, and a lot of it is materials and sourcing and mm-hmm. economics and geo political issues but god damn it basketball shoes is looked cooler when they were made of leather even when they were made out of fly you could get away with it a little bit now it's just like what is the gt jump made out of like <laughs> what is that upper it's like it's been so far removed and so die like uh just bring the hyperdung back just bring the hyperdung back from 2012 and um I won't mind the streets. I have no shame in that. I won my Brazil color Hyperdunk 2012. They're still in my trunk of my car some kind of way. Mike, Dude, that's I- a great point. No, that, that's a killer point because my buddy who was an athlete in New Zealand was talking to me about how he ran professionally in the Vimero 5 back in 2006. Like that was the workhorse of like running for the team he was on. And now it's just like, uh, you can't run these Vimero 5s. You got to buy an X percent four because it's not double stack zoom exposed. It's like, are you shitting me right now? Like human's feet have not evolved. Like w- were they eight feet? Were they ape feet 10 years ago? And our feet just, just slapping around LeBron toes. Like what, what was it? It's not that different, man. Like, I kind of get, I kind of get the jump from like a air from like a literal. If you see the air movie, like a, an OG Pegasus on Ben Affleck's feet, um, to like a Vimero five, that's a big leap. A Vimero five to like what you can't be caught dead running in now is just like marketing, and it's just two hundred twenty dollars instead of one hundred twenty, like the Vimero was. Here's and, a viral video idea. Next time any of you guys are going to a sneaker convention, just wear a pair of Monarchs and just record everyone's reaction to that. No, because people love that. Just funny enough, I that was brought up to me the other day, and I saw somebody just a picture of someone wearing monarchs that were painted to look like Jordan One uh, Chicago's. People loved it. 
no, no, no. I want your basic white and navy, and I don't want you to have like one of those thrifty t-shirts that Robbie also hates. Just like a solid Hanes white jean shorts. Jean nah, shorts. man, Costco. Uh, Costco brand. Kirkland. Kirkland's. Kirkland socks. Just do that because I agree with you. If you are dressed to the nines and then you decide to wear a pair of monarchs, you're not getting it. You're in fact you're trying too hard to be the opposite of it. No, just embrace the Wash King narrative. Anyway. Well, well, you know what? I know we're going to drag this topic to the ground, I feel like, but I have to. It's fun to, something me and Robbie were talking about earlier on uh, Instagram. You put this story up of the same shoe, different brand, basically, in that same gray and white color. And mm-hmm. I think I'm to the point of like, I, we, like I said, we laugh. People just are buying the same shoe, just in different brands. I think that's why I will still throw on my LeBrons and go out in the streets because I'm so tired of seeing the same thing all the time. That's why I will th- wear my questions in the street. I will wear my LeBron threes, oh. which are Timberland boots in the middle of summer, because it's like, if I have to see one more, you know, white Solomon, and I have a pair of gray Vomeros, but I only have one. Like, that's it. There was nothing else to go. There. I didn't buy the, 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 the gambit of all of them. I just have one, but that's like, you know what? We're all going to wear the same thing now, but it's like, just, just wear something different. And it, it just bothers me so much that, People are like, oh, you can't wear that with jeans. You can't wear it. Yes, I can. And watch me do it. I don't care what you say. I have a mortgage. You don't tell me what I get to wear. I have bills. Leave me alone. (laughs) See, don't – I want to get it misconstrued. Like I don't – like it's 2023, Mike. Wear some short shorts. Wear some hoochie daddy shorts like a grown man. Oh, my my knees are out. He doesn't need to be a hoochie daddy. daddy No, that's okay. But I'm talking (laughs) the tucking – the tucking – like people who tucked in their jeans underneath the LeBron nine tongue like – that shit's the most stupid 501s I mean, and, with some of the my, my, my point is if you're doing that now I'm flying to Houston and just cutting the tongue off the LeBron now. it's easy no no I don't do it's that. Like that it's that loose no, mesh no, no. I'm cutting the my tongue my jeans off. are nice and fitted you know like I make you look like I, I look respectable I look like I, again I have a market but at this point it's like oh uh, if you're if you're gonna wear pants just don't wear the bronze like i mean it's that's a whole other topic but um pants plus the bronze no i'm only wearing pants and the bronze now no okay uh, sweats are different i'm talking blue jeans gray jeans no i know what khakis. you mean though like, you can't I, go back I, to the I, I also know what you mean and now i'm I'm really trying to see how dig uh, how deep of a hole i can dig myself out of. gray sweats gray sweats are lebron appropriate uh, other than that, can we get a like, Patreon one, okay. episode where it's just you styling LeBrons? <laughs> That's yes. the next Robbie's closet. <laughs> Sweatshirt, gray sweatpants, LeBron nine lows. You're cooking. Um, outside of that, make basketball shoes great again. Make basketball shoes so good that people who do not like basketball need to wear those things again. And what New Balance does, man. They made a Kawhi looks like the all gray, you know, nine ninety series. Nah. I'm like. Those smart bastards. I mean, I don't like the shoe, but I see what they did there. I see what they did. They're trying. They could put – that shoe could have a button where you – damn. This is the only way I would buy Kawhi Leonard New Balance is if for some way, the if there's a button on the side of the Kawhi Leonard shoe with like five different buttons and it's like – it's Kawhi laughing. It's Kawhi talking about cheesecake or no, Kawhi talking French about toast. French toast. Um, it's, it's you know like the little like keychain things that make different sounds. Yeah. I want that with Kawhi catchphrases on the New Balance. Oh, I, see, here, I was thinking of Woody from Toy Story where you pull that string on his back. Yeah, and he says one of five phrases. That's even better. Give me the string. You pull the string and as it recoils or retracts. Can you make the goes, string hey, the shoelaces? Hey, 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 hugging on the shoelaces. <laughs> New Balance hit me, so I'm gonna quit talking because I don't want to give away my good ideas. 
Anywho, board man. Thank you for paid. listening. We're gonna stop. See, this is gonna be the last episode. We talk about basketball shoes for a little bit, just because <laughs> we need to find other topics other than basketball shoes. It's tough. There's plenty of time now. We're gonna talk about it's, basketball yeah. shoes. It's the lifeblood of the industry. I mean, for a lot of people, that's the reason why they got into sneakers. And basketball sneakers are definitely gateway drugs in that sense. I would say this, this like. It's a holy trinity of topics. What I feel like has been our core curriculum for the last 18 months, which is it's dunks, it's the dad shoe genre, and it's basketball shoes. And right now we're in a big basketball shoe phase. And to Mike's point, we've got the playoffs. Here's hoping we see something so captivating from an athletic uh, standpoint that we all have the same reaction, which is I need to cop whatever shoe this is because I just saw something so magnificent, so incredible that I need to at least be associated with it in the most convoluted sense. (laughs) So LeBron, do something amazing with the LeBron and bring the LeBron 21 out just mid-playoffs. Let's just make it happen. Uh, Or here's another one. Very uh, random NBA player. Get early access to the Sabrina ones. Do something in that. That That's too smart. Let's you know it's a unisex shoe. That's too smart for them to do. This is literally just too smart for them to do. I'd be impressed if someone did that. I would buy them immediately. Anyway, we're only time will tell. Basketball shoes because I don't want to make Robbie mad. Robbie's a dear friend. Like Lakers and six. All right, so <laughs> let's go ahead and tell the listeners where they can follow you, Mike. Do, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, you can find me uh, wearing my LeBrons and pants on Sneaker History uh, Instagram at MadWatcher789, and you can also find me on YouTube under Mike Hillary. So. LeBron's all you day. can find me on Instagram at Big Bang Row, on Twitter at Canon Row. No, I'm Row at M13, Row Easy on Twitter. You guys know what it is. Robbie, how about yourself? You can find me wearing the Bronx with no pants. <laughs> oh, different, different channel. With no pants <laughs> at Sneaker History. Just follow that page. Anywho, listeners, like, subscribe, tell a friend, invite a cousin to the Discord, whatever it is you do. We appreciate it. So thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. Write us a review. Yes, please. Don't, don't be lazy. Review. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.